Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. Well, hey, as you know, we are starting out a series on the seven steps of the sales process revisited. And a few years ago in the podcast, we went through these seven steps. And now that time has gone by and the economy has started to dip a little bit, it feels more relevant than ever to dive back into these. You heard me speak last week with Quinn Lackey from Barnhill Chimney about an overall perspective of the seven steps, which is amazing. But starting today, we're going to go step by step by step and take a deep dive on each of the seven. Step one of our sales process is we greet the customer. And This is something that I didn't take seriously for a long time. There was a lot of my career where I was very apathetic to the first impression that I made with people, and oftentimes I was more concerned about what was going on in front of me than the person that I was actually speaking to. Now, maybe this is something that you struggle with or you see your team struggle with. As I secret shop around the country, I see this frequently. It is very uncommon for me to be given a good greeting, one that builds a connection with me and invites me into a relationship and a buying experience. Oftentimes, that's not the case. But today, you're going to hear an amazing conversation that goes really, really deep into this. And In a second, I'm going to introduce you to Holly Reed. She works at Chimney Techniques in Aberdeen, Washington. And Holly's been somebody that I've gotten to know a little bit over the last year, year and a half. And she has a way of just making people feel welcome and comfortable. And I think you'll be able to tell just from listening to this conversation that she has a natural disposition for it. But it's not by accident. She has thought about how she comes across to people in her process, and there's a lot that we can all learn from it. So with that said, I'm going to jump out of the way so you can hear this conversation. I'll circle back at the end and share a few parting thoughts. Joining me from Aberdeen, Washington is a sales associate and project manager for Chimney Techniques. I'm here today with Holly Reed. Holly, how you doing? I'm doing well, Tim. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, good choice in the last name. You even spell it right. Yeah. Well, Holly, it's awesome to have you here. And I'm, I'm super excited for this conversation. You were somebody that I thought of right away when I wanted to dive really deep into step one of the sales process. But before we, we jump into that, could you just give a little bit of background into how you got into the industry and like just what like what you do at Chimney Techniques? Sure. Um, How I got in the industry regarding sales, uh, I started my own business in the health uh, marketing sector about 10 years ago. And that helped me a lot along the way, just relate to people and and help the process of understanding sales and how that works. That's awesome. And and what made you what made you jump from what you were doing to working for Ryan at Chimney Techniques? Um, So Ryan was actually one of my best friends and neighbors, uh, and we actually owned businesses together. So I had my business, but she had her business. And I had a a change in my life where I wasn't sure how I was going to move forward. What I was doing was no longer a really good fit for me. And so I was kind of in this um, 
space where I was exploring my options and Ryan asked if I would come to work for her for a little bit. And and so I came here and I haven't left. I love it here. Yeah, that's great. Well, so Holly, we're in a series on the seven steps of the sales process. And this is something that I'm I'm really, really big on. And we're going to be diving into step one today, but I'll do a, I'll do a quick overview first, right? So the way I think about it is that when a, when a customer comes into a showroom to buy a fireplace or you know, a barbecue or whatever it is that we sell, there's a, there's a map that we want to follow. And, and I look at that map, like a road trip. Like if I'm going to drive from Oregon, where I live up to Washington, where you live, like there's a route that I'm going to follow. And, and I look at a sale as like a cross country road trip where a sales process doesn't tell me necessarily what highway to go on or how fast to go, but it does tell me the state and the direction I need to be in, right? It's like, you need to be in Oregon headed east if you're driving to New York. And then you're going to cross into Idaho and then you're going to cross into Wyoming or whatever it is. And and it's okay for people to take different roads and go different speeds and stop at different places, but we've got to be in the right state heading in the right direction. If we end up in California or Texas, like something's gone horribly wrong. And that's the way that I look at sales. So that the seven steps of the sales process overall, just to give us all context to go into step one are this, like step one, we greet the customer. Step two, we take the time to understand their problem. Step three, we advise the solution. Step four, we explain the process. Step five, we call to action. Step six, we pursue the opportunity. And step seven, we show gratitude. And if we can do all those things, momentum starts to build and we can help customers solve the problems that they have. But this conversation is about step one, because I think that so many companies don't take seriously how they greet the customer. And as a customer, like you know when someone cares about you and you know when someone wishes they were doing something else and you just felt like an example of somebody that does a really good job making people feel comfortable. So maybe just to tee it off, like how do you how do you do that? And like what what goes into your mind when someone walks into the store to make them feel comfortable? Um, well, first of all, thank you. Uh, I love talking about this. So I'm glad that you asked me to be here. Um, first thing I do, and this is, if somebody doesn't take anything else away from this, this would be like number one advice I could give to anybody that cares about a business and cares about helping people is the person that walks in the door is the number one, most important thing in your life at that moment, period. No matter what else you had going on, whether it's personal and outside of work or business, that all has to go on pause. And the person that walks in the door should not be able to feel that they just interrupted you. And I would be willing to bet that anyone listening to this would have had an experience where you went in somewhere to get some help because it was a good time for you. And you walked in and nobody looked at you. No, Or if they did, they made you feel like you were inconveniencing them or they treated you like you should know better or you didn't really matter. So if you show up, when they come in the door, get up with a smile on your face and just genuinely say, hi, how can I help you? Like, what brought you in today? Or is there anything we can do to help you? Some variation of that. I usually keep it simple and greet somebody like they're coming to your front door. Yeah, I totally agree. When somebody walks in, they are the most important thing. And so like, based on this, I've I've heard people say like, well, what about when the phone's ringing? What do I do when the phone's ringing and I'm with a customer? And I'm like, yeah, it's really easy. You don't answer the phone. Like that's the answer, sure. right? Yeah. So that's a great that's a great question though, because that really happens, right? Uh, you might hear a phone ring and you might even know who's on the other end and it was something you were waiting on. It doesn't matter. Let it go to voicemail. Um, yeah. 
what if you're on the call? Because you might be only a one-person show, you know, um, or there's a small showroom. Um, you make eye contact. I say eye contact is the most important. So visually acknowledging someone when they walk in the door and just even motioning like just a second, like the, you know, one finger up just a second, um, will give you a moment. It buys you time. It helps create the feeling in the customer that they're still important and that they are not interrupting you because you've acknowledged them. And then you say to your person on the phone, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I just had someone come in and I'm the only person here right now. Would you mind if I put you on hold for just a second? Um, I may have to call you back if this is going to take a little bit. And then I can either call them back or ask them to call back instead of putting them on hold. Um, Because usually when people come in, it is going to take a little bit of time. But either way, the visual acknowledgement buys you time for you to then discern um, how to resolve what you're dealing with so that you can show up and the people that are in front of you can take number one priority. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really really good. I, yeah, because I agree, and and it's kind of a no win situation when you are the only one on the showroom floor. I've been there a million times, and yeah, it's not ideal. It would be best if we could talk to the person on the phone and in the store. But when you yeah. can't, and you got to choose, it's the person in the store. And for me, like I don't care about the efficiency of like, well, what if you could get them on the phone too? Because the person in the store is already here, so they'll wait. I I think it it hurts the customer experience, which erodes confidence in your business. When people are sitting there being like, why do, do they care about me? Like, why do they pick up this phone call? Like, even if they're telling someone to go on hold, like they're interrupting what is important to me to do what's beneficial to them, not not what's beneficial to me. And sure. I think that that's, that's a big thing. So, sure. okay, so you were a barista before. And yeah. so like at, at a coffee stand, like what goes through your mind when people pull up there? Because like you got to make a connection there. Absolutely. So um, what goes through my mind is how can I help them? They're here and they came for a reason and they have somewhere else to be. So I want to just sincerely say like, you know, what can I do to help you and let them start. And sometimes people pull up and this is the same in the fireplace industry too. Sometimes they don't know. It might be their first time coming to a coffee stand. I've done it 17,000 times already. They may not know, but if you say or start with, how can I help you? They start talking and you want to get people talking. Because you're the expert, but that doesn't matter to them in that moment. They will start talking and then you can help drill down to, okay, that part isn't really critical, but I'm hearing they're saying this. And then you can start yeah. asking questions to discern if you're perceiving what they're saying. I, I do want to say though, Tim, um, one one thing and why the eye contact thing I think is so important and not in a creepy way. <laughs> you don't need to be like overly eye contacty, but yeah. just to, the acknowledgement. Uh that experience comes from working on it. I worked as a teller and it was a safety issue for us. If you heard that door open and you did not look up, there's a possibility that somebody could make progress and you wouldn't have as much time from a safety perspective mm. to figure out if this is a safe person, if this is a dangerous person, whatever. Wow. So it was a safety issue. And, and I will say shout out to credit unions. The experience of working for a credit union established that Every member was an owner. They weren't just customers. They were members. They were your boss. They were valuable people and not just a number. And so I think about every person that walks in our showroom as a member, even though this isn't a membership conversation. This is a this yeah. is a customer conversation. But if you think about every person that comes in that door, writes your paycheck. They, they contribute to the success of your business and your family being fed and you being able to pay your bills. So treat them with the respect they deserve. And I will say too, in the 
um, day and age of being able to order anything you want online from somebody cheaper, no matter how you slice it, somebody that takes the time to show up in front of you already has a level of trust built in in your name, your reputation, the consistency of them driving by your business all the time. So they're they're already trusting you. And it's your job then to grow that trust by your interaction or write your, you know, write the end for them because they didn't feel cared before when they felt like they were bothering you. Um, So I I just think like the eye contact thing is so important because sometimes you'll have a customer that you're dealing with and then another customer comes in and you're not able to spread yourself thin. So I would just say too, I always say, hi, thanks for coming in. It'll be just a few minutes here. Um, And then they're usually very understanding because they can see that you're with somebody. So people don't mind waiting if they feel acknowledged. Yeah. Yeah. You paid attention to them. That's really good. I I uh I get that question. All, the two questions I get all the time are, what do I do when I'm with a customer and the phone rings? And then the other one is, what do I do when I'm with a customer and somebody else walks in? We can we can go deeper into that. Um, sure. Yeah, I love what you said though about how every person that walks in the door, you should treat them like a member. Like you like that was what you did at the credit union, and and that's so good. I mean, just it reminds me of a time. No joke. I I finished doing like a five hour sales workshop with a company. And as soon as we got done, two of the salespeople started joking around and making fun of a couple of their customers. And they're using these curse words and they're, you know, just being like really derogatory to these customers. And I said to the, to one of the guys, I was like, man, like you can't talk about your customers that way. And he literally goes, they don't deserve my customer service. And I was like, you're in the wrong job because yeah. they literally pay your paycheck. So like, if that's your attitude, you can't be in sales. I don't know what you can do here. Like you can't be in sales. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, and I don't have a solution for the type of arrogance that I would say that comes with that attitude, but I would say like life is a very humbling thing. And then when you live long enough, you realize that we are all just could, could be a few steps away from anybody else, um, yeah. whether that's up or down. And uh, I always assume um, I had some great wisdom passed along to me one time, a long time ago. And it was always assume that people are doing the best they can with their life experience. And so if you assume that whatever presentation that person's showing up to you that day, that was the best they could do that day. Maybe it was really hard for them to get out of bed. You have no idea what's going on. So um, serving with humbleness. is really important. And if you think of what we do as a service industry, I am serving somebody else. Service is how we be human together. We help each other with the skills we have. And, you know, I don't know how to be a plumber. (laughs) And so when I have someone come to my house, I would hope that he wouldn't be dismissive of me because I didn't know the right kind of um, material to use, or I didn't know the whatever they know that they're the experts on, I have no idea. So that's why, you know, I'm trusting them. And, and I appreciate that I could, you know, service care and concern from somebody that truly um, is wanting to serve rather than just sell. But the cool thing about serving others, the sales come. So if you just think of like what you do instead of sales, like I'm actually, I'm in service, right? In our industry, service means like I actually fix things and rehearse things, but serving others is really the heart of sales. And so yeah. um, if you have that heart, then sales will, will follow them. Yeah, that's, that's really good, man. I, I, I totally, totally agree.
We'll get back to our conversation with Holly Reed in just one second. Hey, if you've been listening to this episode and have questions about how to apply the seven-step sales process in your business, then you need to send those in. As is our tradition on the Firetime Podcast, the last episode of every season is a Q&A episode where I answer questions that have been coming in throughout the entire season. And now's the time to get those questions in. I want to do my best to answer everything that I can. So if you want to know how to apply this in your business or there's a question that comes up from a podcast episode this season, you can send that to me by just shooting me an email. My email address is tim at itsfiretime.com. That's tim at itsfiretime.com. I'm super excited to answer these questions for you. These episodes are always really, really fun to do, and I can't wait to see what you write in. I feel like when someone walks into a showroom, and this is really true of the phone too, but, but we have the ability to build a connection or shut down a connection. It's really one of two choices. Everything we do either builds a connection or it shuts down a connection. Oftentimes when I secret shop, I, I, I go into a business and a salesperson that is rushed just says, I'll be with you in a minute. And just the way that they say it, it's very clear that like we are not building a connection. I'm interrupting this person or they come over and I'm like, hey, how you doing? And they're like, oh, we're just running today. We're just running. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, I'm sorry. Like, sorry that right. I interrupted you or sorry, making you run more. And right. and there's other times where I'll literally walk for five, six, seven minutes because a salesperson is like on the phone or working on a quote or something like that. But for me as the customer, there's no acknowledgement. And this, if you watch your showroom, I think this happens more than we think. I know, I know because I've done it before. I've done it a million times where I'm too busy or I'm rushed and I, and I, I don't put the customer first, but what has helped me do that is is a couple things. So like number one for me, I I don't like to say how can I help you as my first thing. I like to just introduce myself. So my favorite things when someone comes in is if I'm across the showroom, I'll do exactly what you did, Holly. Like, hey, how's it going? And I, I'll raise my hand and I'll smile. Hey, how's it going? I'll be with you guys in just a second. And and that gives them a second to not feel like I'm just blowing them down. Right? They can kind of walk around for just a second, it buys me just enough time to either finish up my task or prepare myself to go talk to them. And then when I walk over there, I'll just say, Hey, thanks a ton for coming in today. My name is Tim. It's great to meet you. And I'll shake, I'll, I'll, I'll hold out my hand for them to shake. And and the reason I do it that way is I feel like once we say, how can I help you? It, we're kind of off to the races. And it's not that I don't like saying that. I just want to introduce myself first. I want to get some kind of a baseline. And I just love this idea of when you come over, hey, how's it going? Thanks a ton for coming in. My name's Tim. It's great to meet you. Because when I say it's great to meet you, number one, it's kind. But number two, it implies like I am inviting them into a connection to meet me. And I feel like in each of those things, like raising your hand, hey, thanks a ton for coming in. We'll be with you in just one second. That's building a connection. And then when you walk over and you're like, hey, thanks for waiting. We appreciate you guys being here. My name's Tim. It's great to meet you. Like all of those things build a connection. It's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee sure. the customer is going to like you. It's not a guarantee they're going to connect. But every single one of those is making the effort versus saying things that shut down a connection. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I too, I, I think it's that connection of um, introducing yourself you just say, I'm Holly, by the way, you know, reach my hand out, shake their hand, or it just helps bring us all to the same like level. Like you're inviting them to 
know your name and and that you care enough to ask theirs or to even it creates a deeper connection yeah. not just the surface level like where i say like, hey how can i help you for me i'm trying to discern because sometimes we in our in our showroom here we have people that are just coming in like i need a part i just need this one thing like a That's retail right. like a propane, more like retail sell propane right? yeah um and sometimes people are wanting more of a sales experience of like letting us help them pick what they're looking for. So usually that's kind of like my next step, kind of getting the trying to figure out where they're going with it before we move forward. But absolutely exchanging names is really, really helpful in establishing a deeper level of trust and connection if one will be there, you know? Yeah. So uh, this is, I don't know, this is probably seven years ago or eight years ago. I had Jeff Hanel from HHT give me this wisdom. And like, I've, I've never forgotten. We actually had him on the podcast to talk about this a few years ago, but he gave me two magic questions that I love to ask before I get to the, oh yeah, so what brings you in today? Or so how can I help you today? Which I'm, I'm great with that. I just want to make sure we build that foundation, right? So he says that we should always ask customers, is this your first time into our showroom today? And the follow-up to that is if they say, yes, it is, then you thank them for coming in and you ask them how they heard about us. And what I found is this. So like, I, I think it really has this good rhythm. Like when I walk over and I'm like, hey, thanks a ton for waiting. We appreciate you guys being here. My name's Tim. It's great to meet you. And, and you know, they say, oh, my name's Holly or my name's, my name's Susan. Uh, nice to meet you too. And I can shake their hand and I can go, well, yeah, thank you for coming in. We really appreciate it. Is this your first time into our showroom today? To me, it's like the most innocent question. There's nothing. It's like genuine curiosity because like you've just met for the first time. So you're just inquiring, is this your first time in here today? And I think that that invites a connection. And if the customer says, um, yeah, it's our first time in here, then you can say, oh man, well, thanks a ton for coming in. Like, how was it that you heard about us? And now you've got information as to like, well, it was their brother-in-law or it was this Facebook ad that they saw or they drove by and saw the building or their neighbor got a fireplace installed. That gives us so much for what's about to happen next. But we're not like taking it from them. I, I've had times like literally I used to work for a company where uh, when we'd write up an estimate, we had a section called how they heard about us. And it was always so awkward to be like, so how did you hear about us? Was it um, TV or Facebook? And it just felt like this cringy, like I'm trying to take something from you. Whereas when we just say, hey, is, is this your first time in our showroom today? Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. Thanks for coming in. How was it that you heard about us? It's so innocent and it's not taking something from them. Yeah. That that is wonderful advice. I couldn't agree more. Um, de definitely almost like a an icebreaker question without it feeling like an icebreaker question, right? It just establishes that common ground. And and there's a lot that you could do with that information. Like you said, as far as from the business side, analyze your advertising. And then from the, you know, customer side, like a lot of people, people love to talk and they love to tell you things and their brother loves us and bought their stoves from here or what have you. It's It just builds yeah. more rapport and trust. So I love that advice yeah. too. Yeah, great, great one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I never would have thought of that. And as soon as Jeff said that, it just clicked for me. And as I've done that over the last few years, I found it's really worked. And ironically, we were at a theme park for my niece's birthday. Like this is two months ago. It's a pretty small theme park in Oregon. And, and we go there. And when we're buying our food, the first thing they said, is this your first time to this theme park? Now, I'd gone there as a little kid. And them saying that instantly brought me back. And I was like, no, like I actually had a birthday here when I was like six years old. And like, now we're bringing my niece. It, and, and it instantly connected me deeper with that business 
because I was thinking about my experience with it. Now, where, yes. where I'm going with this is that there's a lot of times where we're not going to know the person that referred them necessarily, or maybe they just drove by and saw the building and that was how they heard of us. And so, so that's, that's okay. Like there's not necessarily a deep connection that's made there, but if you're in a small community, like where you live, Holly, or like I live in a, in a suburb of Portland, that's not too big. We would have times where people would, would mention somebody and I would know that person. And it was so cool to be able to say, oh my gosh, no way. Jody Smith referred you. That's it. You know what? Eric over here, he was working with her on her project. Let me go grab Eric. And I'd go get Eric and be like, Eric, Jody Smith sent these folks in. Like, and all of a sudden the customers feel like they're part of the club. They're part of yes. like, there's, yes. and, yeah, go for it. Go for it. You take no, it. No, I was just going to say, I, I love that. And I was thinking about your experience at the theme park too. It reminds you why you, like it, it triggers that core memory and there's trust that is cultivated that it triggers that back to that. And that is one of the things I love best about working in a small town too, is those connections that are made. Um, Ryan, um, who owns a store, her, her dad started it. And it's so awesome when people come in from years ago, or even just a few years ago, she does so, and she's so good at remembering, like, she just like, oh, we did this for you. And the look on their faces, when they feel remembered, they feel cared for. And they're always yes. surprised, usually that she remembers them. And then they feel like, oh, those people really did care about me and they care about my business. And it's so awesome to have a question that can lead to such a beautiful exchange as just kind of your standard, this is what I say. I just I just do this. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's so funny. And I've I've had I've had people tell me like, well, you need to be genuine. And, and I agree, like being genuine does really help. Like, like being, and I would actually say rather than genuine, I'd say sincere, like sincerity sure. really matters in a greeting. But what I have found true, and this is not contradictory, but it might be paradoxical, is like sometimes our insides follow our outsides, you know? Mm -hmm. So I may not be feeling it, but mm -hmm. when a customer comes in, I look at them, I smile, and I think, man, it's great that they're in here. And then I walk over and introduce myself demonstratively and I shake my hand and I smile. It's amazing how all of a sudden my insides feel like, all right, I'm happy to be here, you know? Yes, absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. That's so true. And that's why it's really important to be willing to pause what you're doing and, and appreciate that person that walks in as the number one priority in that moment because it it gives the opportunity for a shift um, how you want to be your best self um, yeah. in those moments. Yeah. So okay, let's let's answer this question then. What do you do? And and I and like this isn't theory. Like, what do you do, Holly, when you're helping somebody on a Saturday? You're 20 minutes into talking about a gas insert, and somebody else walks into the showroom. What do you do? What's your technique? Yeah. So uh, what I would typically do uh, again, I would look at them, I smile at them, and I would say, "Give me just a minute here." I don't say it in a rushed, hurried way. I actually look at them and welcome them, say hello. Be just a minute. And so now I have two things. I think of it as now I have two plates that are spinning, right? So I have this person that is 20 minutes into a conversation, so they could need more of my time. But they're probably thinking about what they want. At 20 minutes into it, I've probably gotten enough answers to have pointed them in the right direction. And now they're trying to decide, do they like the, can they envision their house? Does it have the, what about this? What does this do? And they're wanting to kind of explore the product a little more. So uh, I'll kind of adjust my focus back to them and try to find a place where I could leave them for a moment to see what my new customer's needs are. Yeah. And I would say something to my customer number one that I'm working with. I would say like, 
So we, you know, we've established that you are looking for a gas stove and, you know, you're wanting to heat a smaller space. And so these two could be a really good fit. We talked about this, you know, and this. If you wouldn't mind giving me just a moment so I could check in with this customer and see where he's at, if he has a few minutes to wait while we finish this up, or, you know, I just try to kind of find an opening where I can give that person space to explore the products. Now, let's say customer number two is going to be time consuming as well, right? Like, let's say they're like, they don't know what they want yet and they're not here for a part or whatever. I will say, if you have a few minutes to wait, um, I'm still working with my customer over here. Um, if you want to look around for a little bit, you'd be welcome to, and I'll be with you as soon as possible. Um, and so then I go back and try to work on addressing any more questions that that my customer had, making sure I had her, their contact information on how to follow back up with them, um, yeah. getting them a Wi-Fi if it wasn't finished, asking if I could send them over, um, you know, a ballpark estimate. Usually, I always try to finish that in the store. I'm usually not ever sending somebody away without that piece because I feel like they're coming in. They want to have that information before they leave. But yeah. just making sure that wherever I'm at, I haven't drop the ball on um, being able to follow up with them yeah. um, before yeah. I go address the second person. And and I will s- just finish that to say that if this person is still undecided and time consuming and it's taking longer than I felt like it should, and this person's in waiting for a while, I just touch base back in with him. And it's like, hey, just haven't forgotten about you. If you can wait a little bit longer, you know, I'll be with you as soon as I can. Because if you want to come back at a better time for yourself, you, you'd be welcome to do that too. Just kind of Maintaining a connection without feeling like you're being disrespectful to the other person's needs, if that yeah. makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah, it does. And I guess I'd love to hear your thoughts and kind of like my approach, I think is really similar to yours. So I, I think what you said, like the the most important thing is the person in front of you, right? So if I'm 20 minutes into the gas insert conversation, this person or this couple or this family, they are actually more important than the person walking in the door. And yes. so what what I need to do is I need to somehow acknowledge and care for the person that just came in, but still show that these people in front of you are the most important. So I'll usually try, I'll always make eye contact when someone comes in, I'll give them like a, like, you know, eyebrows or a nod or something just to show that, that I see them. And I'll often say to the folks I'm talking to, Hey, give me just one second. I want to, I want to let this client know that we're working on something and I'll see if I can point them in a direction real quick. Cause I'm saying, I'm going to let them know that you are the most important thing. But I'm giving myself space to point them in the direction. So I, I want to let these clients know that we're working on this. So then I'll use that time to go to the person and say, hey, I'm working with these clients over here. It might be a few more minutes. Is there anything I can point you towards while you're waiting? And I get like one question to ask. And then I just got to say, okay, well, why don't you just look over here? And then I'll, I'll always try to go find brochures because then when mm-hmm. I find brochures, I can walk by that person, even though I haven't left the other people yet. And, and I can say, hey, just checking in. Um, why don't you take a look at this brochure here? Can I get you a cup of coffee? That sort of thing. That's the way that I try to handle it. Um, how does that feel to you? That's great. I mean, yeah, I'm huge on brochures too as a as a space to kind of, I hate to say like buy time, but oh, yeah. it's a it's a great tool that, you know, is meaningful and helpful in to give yourself a little bit more space to wrap up what you're doing or continue where you left off um, and to help somebody feel acknowledged and cared for. Uh, because that person may have only had a little bit of time and they may leave and come back and be perfectly fine because they knew that you were taking care of that person that was in front of you first. So they'll trust that when they can come back in, if they're the only one, <laughs> that uh, they'll be taken care of in the same way. And yeah. and that's really important. So yeah, I, I love that as well. 
Yeah. You know, and I, and I think too, like, again, just going back to this fictitious situation, right? If you're 20 minutes deep with this one customer, which we've all, we've all had that someone comes in what I found, because I, I believe that the people coming in can actually force a decision to get made quicker. Like you mentioned, like often as people are kind of hemming and hawing by the time you're 20 minutes in 30 minutes in. So when we think about it, the people that have been looking at a gas insert for 20 minutes, there's either one of two ways we want to go. Either A, we want to book an in-home visit, or B, we've already done that and we need to collect a deposit. Those are the only two things. Like those, that's it. You know, or or they're not our customer and they, you know, we can we can graciously ask them to leave. But that's probably not the case. So when someone comes in, you know, it allows you, as you, you know, you point the new customer in a direction, you can come back, answer a couple of questions and say, you know, um, I need I need to go answer some questions for them as well. Can we get an in-home visit booked and we can come out to your house. And so often the people are like, oh my gosh, yes, let's do that. Or, you know, you could, you could say, okay, cool. Hey, this is great. Well, um, you know, we, we have somebody else in here. I'll, I'll need to go help in just a minute. But before I do, uh, do you just want to write this up so we can, we can get it taken care of. And you can do that in a way that is gracious. So you're still saying like, you are the most important, but I do have a task at some point I need to get taken care of. Should we just wrap this up? So that way, you know, I think that that really pushes people towards making a decision. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that um, people need to know the next step. And if you leave that part out and kind of leave them hanging, you know, let's say in their mind, they they might have decided, but if they don't know how to move forward, they're waiting for us to tell them what the next step is going to be or or how to move forward in the next step. So, um, you know, if they're not ready for, to schedule us to come out yet, for whatever reason, I always remind them that there's a link in your email that will have um, the opportunity. You can go in there and click and schedule from home. Or when you guys are ready for us to come out, you can give us a call or come back in and we can get you scheduled um, for a burning home visit. So I always just kind of let people know what they can expect the next step in the process to be before they leave. So that way they are aware of how to move forward when they're ready to. Yeah, it's really good because that, that is a situation that that many of us have had, we're like, you know, what do you do when you've got so many people in? The other thing that can happen, and it, this hasn't happened often for me, but it's happened enough that we should mention it. Like, you know, in, I don't know, 18 years of, of doing this, like it's maybe happened a dozen times or so. But as you do this, people start listening into your conversation. And I've had at times where, where, where the folks who are waiting are like, oh my gosh, we have an open fireplace too. Like, this is what we've been looking at. And you can literally just be like, oh, okay, cool. Well, hey, let's just all talk about this. And sure. and literally like you put on gas insert school. And I, I've had times where there's like literally three people or four people. And what's cool is they start to become social proof with each other yes. to do the job. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, I've got that in my house too. Well, I looked at those online. Oh, we went here. It wasn't the best. Like, that's why we came here. I've literally had people have those conversations. And and there's been times where I've I've said like, well, man, this is great. I mean, I don't want to force you guys to make a decision right now, but like if any of you guys wanted to pull the trigger, like we do a multi-unit discount when someone buys multiple fireplaces for their home. But like, if you guys are all buying them, we'll give you all the multi-unit discount. And oh, I literally cool. had people yeah. look at look at each other and go, I mean, are you in? Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Like let's do this. Right. And, yeah, and, and again, that hasn't happened like all the time, but that has happened. So I think that the the point is with all of this, we have to think on our feet and we have to care about the people. Like if, if, if we don't care about the people, then we're just going to go, I'll be with you in a minute. And we'll answer a couple questions. And then whenever we feel rushed or stressed, we'll shoo the people out of here and go to the next ones. It, to me, step one of the sales process, like what it takes is it takes sincerity to greet mm -hmm. the customer. Well, it takes sincerity. 
And you got to teach your team to do that. Absolutely. And that it's something that it shows up if you like your job or you want to be here, that shows up in how you greet people. And I always think of that people will forget what you said, but they'll remember how you made them feel. And mm-hmm. so I think that that's for me, that's always something that I always try to think of. Like, I want people when they come in here to feel welcomed, like that they were not an interruption, that they came to the right place. They are thinking of us as experts, right? They need, they have something they think we can solve their problem. So they're already walking in as what I would say, like a warm lead. Like they already yeah. think they want what we have. Otherwise, they wouldn't have come in. So it's, right. it's been on us to, to help, not to think of as close the sale, but then to provide them with enough information so that they can feel like they're going to get what they came for. Yeah. So I always say like you're selling information, but people are buying your confidence. Their money is buying a a level of trust that they are assuming that they're going to get from you. And so if you lead from those places of care and concern and sincerity and, and speaking confidently. And I would just say on the speaking confidently thing, I, in sales, it's really easy to you know not know all of the features and benefits of your product or not. There's always kind of, um, there's prices that are always changing and there's a lot of nuances to the product. So just even feeling like you know enough to help put people in the right direction or to speak confidently about your product is is helpful, but you don't have to know everything. There's nothing wrong with saying, you know, yeah. I'm not sure, but give me a minute or I'll look into that and get back to you. And, what, you know, what's your email again or what what's a good phone to reach you back at? Because those are ways to collect information that you can then show follow up on. And I would, I appreciate when someone says they don't know to me rather than just, you know, yeah. making it up on the fly. But um, yeah. it's not really about what you know. It's about how you make people feel. I mean, obviously, you still need to know. <laughs> You're coming into you, so you do need to know a little bit, but but you don't have to know at all to make people feel confident about buying from you. Yeah, Holly, this has been so good. I, I think that there's a ton here, and people are going to get a lot of value out of it. Thanks a ton for for being here today. It's been a great conversation. Thank you guys for having me. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Holly Reed. I think that there is so much value there. And even as I sit back and reflect on it, there's a lot of things that I took away just from chatting with her. You know, listening to that conversation, I'm sure that you could feel the sense of comfort that she gives customers. And I've seen this happen firsthand, where there's just something really welcoming about her that I I think she did a really good job of breaking down what that is and where it comes from. You know, in order for a greeting to be effective, as, as we discussed, like, I think it has to be sincere. Sincerity is everything. and as Holly said, one of the best things that we can do is realize that the person we are talking to is the most important thing in front of us. Like we cannot make them feel rushed. We cannot make them feel like they're an inconvenience. The person who we're talking to is the most important person that we're interacting with and making somebody feel valued like that goes a long ways towards building a connection. Another thing she talked about was this idea of like eye contact and a visual acknowledgement as I've said, you know, one of the most common questions I get is what do I do when I've got someone that I'm helping and another person walks into the showroom and as Holly broke down, like, I think that just with that, you know, head nod, uh, a smile, eye contact, even like mouthing, you know, Hey, we'll be with you in just a second. Those things all help us make people feel taken care of, even when we're in the middle of helping somebody. And, and I think that what, what all this comes down to for me is something that a mentor of mine, Pat Bunsen, taught me many years ago. 
And I've mentioned this a little bit on the podcast before, but I'm just going to break it down here because it's so true and, and the greeting leads into it. But Pat would always say, Tim, first, you have to sell yourself. Second, you sell the company. Third, you sell the product. And you have to do it in that order. Sell yourself, sell the company, and then sell the product. And he's really onto something. And, and, and as we're taking the time to greet a customer and build a connection with them and make them feel heard and understood, we are selling ourselves as the professional, as someone who cares and who's competent. That's us selling ourselves. Now, I would argue that as you take the time to understand the customer's problem, and when you start to advise them a solution based on the solutions that you have helped other people with, that's actually selling your company. Finally, after you have showed the customer, we are competent to solve your problem. Now, we worry about selling the product. And it doesn't work if you do it in reverse order, because you can get someone really excited about a product just for them to go buy it somewhere else. They can love a brand that you sell, but if you don't sell yourself first and your company and why your company is right to help them solve their problem second, again, that product could just become a commodity and they just go buy it somewhere else. So, you know, past advice here is really wise and I think it's exactly what Holly's talking about. First sell yourself, then sell the company, and then sell the product. Another thing that Holly said that that was in my notes here as I'm, as I'm reading these over She said that when a customer walks into the showroom or when they call you on the phone, they shouldn't be able to feel any anxiety that you have. They shouldn't feel the sense of haste and rush that you feel. You got to be able to set that aside. And and just for me, I found it so good when people come in, smile and give a greeting. You know, that's that's kind. It's inviting a connection with them, showing that you're excited that they're there. It gives them a little bit of space to breathe and it allows you to collect yourself, to set down what's in front of you and then to get up and go help the customer and then you can introduce yourself. But, you know, as a a parting thought, I, I I would tell your team, introduce yourself first to your customers. When people come in, have your team come up, introduce themselves, give the customer a handshake and then you can start talking about what brings them into the store. And now we can move towards step two of the sales process, which is understanding the customer's problem. Well, hey, as we round out today, if this podcast has been a blessing for you and you want to support it financially, you can do that by going to the website, patreon.com slash it's fire time. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash it's fire time. And my hope for you as you listen to this, you know, we're, we're in the fall and the season is starting to pick up. Watch your team. And, and I want you to think about is the way that they're greeting people building a connection or shutting down a connection because it's only doing one of the two. There's no middle ground. It's little things like this that help us start to move the needle. You know, my friend Grant Falco says that sales is a race to 10 points. The problem is we don't know what's worth a point to our customers, but I'll tell you what, In your sales process, you need to be thinking about, is this going to be earning me points or losing me points? And I guarantee giving your customer a good greeting is not going to lose you any points. Chances are it's going to make you one or two. So with that said, I'm going to leave it there. I hope you guys have an amazing week. I cannot wait for next week's episode. So we'll talk then. In the meantime, go be a blessing to your customers and greet them well. 
Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time. I'm all in to burn.